This week on episode 38 of the Docs to Dads podcast, time is our most precious non-renewable resource. So how we spend it is of the utmost importance. But did you know that in your life as a dad, there are 15 minutes each day that are the most important in developing solid relationships with your kids? We discuss this week on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Hi, Dads. Welcome back to the Docs to Dads podcast. Happy August. We are moving closer and closer to the arrival of our new little one, and I can't wait to share that with you once they arrive. Uh, As with all of our kids, we are waiting until the delivery to find out whether it's a boy or a girl. So we are currently having discussions about both boy and girl names, uh, which is a lot of fun conversations to have with my wife, just sort of talking about different names that we like and we don't like like and every once in a while I'll come oh, I heard this name today what do you think of this one being a pediatrician I get exposed to a lot of little kid names so I sort of am the one who's bringing those names home more often but what did what did you do around this when you had your babies did you find out whether they were boys or girls ahead of time or do you think that you could could wait to find out if, if it sounds crazy I just want to encourage you to think about it if you have another baby it's so much fun just consider it if you have waited um, before or have some kind of story uh, around this issue, I'd love to hear it from you on social media. Connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram uh, or one of those. I'd love to hear your stories and connect with you there. We have another review that I'd like to read out this week. It's been really special to hear um, from so many of the listeners out there. I'm so grateful for these kind words. <laughs> Those of you who listened to the Five Love Languages episode, which is number 13, if you want to go back and listen to that one, that's a book club number one. We talk about the different love languages and how you can use those to make the most of your relationships at home with your wife and kids. Those of you who have already listened to that episode know that my primary love language is words of affirmation. And so these reviews and the kind emails that I receive from all of you guys out there, they give me encouragement and motivation to keep going. And so I just am really grateful for the opportunity to serve you in this way and just to hear that the work that we're doing, the work that I'm doing is is making a difference in your life is really what keeps me doing it. it it's really very meaningful to me. So this week, Court NP says, uh, as someone who knows Dr. Scott both personally and professionally, I can attest the great advice he dispenses on this podcast. If you're a dad, if you're about to be a dad, or even if you're a mom looking for tips to empower and nurture your children, give this podcast a listen. Phenomenal work, Dr. Scott. Thank you, Court MP. This means a lot to me, especially because Court MP is one of my colleagues and she does a lot of really great work doing health education on social media for parents and her role at the hospital. And so she is somebody that I have talked to a lot about how to effectively give health information to parents and how to engage with parents in a meaningful way and how to bring uh, the most value. And, and she's somebody that I try to 
emulate here on the podcast and some of the other things that I do. So uh, I'm really grateful for those kind words as somebody who has listened to the podcast and, and has given some feedback to me. I really uh, thank uh, you a lot, Court MP, for that. For you listeners out there, if there's an episode that you listened to that you particularly enjoyed, I would really love to hear about it in your own review anywhere on your favorite podcast app. I'd love to to see what you have to say or shoot me an email if there's something that was particularly meaningful to you or some way that I can serve you uh, more effectively. I would really appreciate the opportunity to highlight you and your experiences on a future episode of the show. So, If you have a few minutes to just pop in to your favorite podcast app and leave a review, that would really mean a lot to me. This week, I want to talk for just a few minutes about how we allocate our most valuable resource, time. Specifically, I want to explore the most important 15 minutes of your day in developing positive, meaningful relationships with your kids. Hopefully, in your day-to-day life, you're spending far more than 15 minutes with your kids, but there are 15 minutes in particular that sort of set the tone, that sort of give you an opportunity to frame or reframe how the day is going in a way that can be helpful to your kids, especially if you or they are struggling with something at work or at school or something outside of the home, or if there's some struggle that's happening within the home that you guys are trying to work through, you can always fall back on these 15 minutes of your day. And it's not one chunk of time that's 15 minutes. It's actually these 15 minutes are broken down into three important periods where you can make an important impression. And so that's the five minutes that are the first five minutes you spend with your kid after they wake up in the morning or the first five minutes that you see them in the morning. The next five minutes are the five minutes after you come in the door at the end of a long day at work or after they come home from school, depending on what the situation is. And the last five minutes are the last five minutes before they go to bed and how you spend that time can be really meaningful. So why are these little pockets of time so important? These pockets of time are important because especially, you know, in the morning, for example, you really set the tone for the day. How are they going to wake up? What is their mood going to be like? How are they looking forward to the day? How effective are they going to be either at getting things done around the house or getting things done at school, being successful in all the things that they're doing at school, all of those kinds of things. You know, you can set that tone. You can greet them with a smile and encourage them to have a great day. You know, one of the things that I'm really grateful for in my own childhood is that my parents basically every morning at some point either right when we woke up or right as we were leaving for school, my parents would always say, make it a positive day. And they would make us repeat it back. And we always felt that was really silly as kids, but it does do something to just sort of say those words out loud. And if you can sort of set the tone for them by putting on a smile, encouraging them to have a great day, you can then, you know, help them set the tone for themselves and get them into the habit of doing that. You can, at the either at the end of their school day when you get home from work or at the end of the day before they go to bed, you can help them reflect back on their day and develop that sense of gratitude that we've talked about in a couple of previous episodes. How do you get them to develop a sense of being grateful for the things that they have in their life, grateful for the good things that have come uh, to them? 
grateful for the struggles that they're going through, that they are learning from, that they are going to improve if they continue to to work hard and do the deliberate practice like we talked about in the Atomic Habits episode, right? These are all ways that you can make a difference. And these things will happen more effectively if you model the behavior rather than telling your child to do it. So it's not about sort of telling your kid to be happy or to smile at the beginning of the day or telling your kid to talk about the things that they're really grateful for, right? It's about you showing them that you have a smile and that you're trying to make the the most of this day, even if it's a stressful time at work and you know there's a big deadline looming or whatever the case may be, right? It's about you showing them and expressing the things that you're grateful for, either about them or about other things in your life that they're aware of, and demonstrating that regular practice of gratitude for them so that they can do that. And that's where you're going to make a difference. If they're one of these windows that you don't get to see your kids during, that's okay. But it does make the other times even more important, right? So if you're somebody who's in a situation where you have to get up early for work and you have to get out of the house and you're gone before the rest of your family wakes up, for example, you're not going to see them for those first five minutes of the day, right? The first five minutes you see them in a day might be when you get home from work or when they get home from school, depending on what's going on. But the other thing that you can try to do is you can try to do these things virtually. We live in a world now where we have... FaceTime and smartphones and all these ways that we can communicate even over long distance, right? So, for example, my wife is a surgeon and Tuesdays are her surgery days, so she has to get up early. And it's very common that she's up and out the door before either of our kids are awake. Sometimes my son is awake early enough to see her because he's the early riser of the two, but it's pretty common that she misses one or both of them when she leaves for her surgeries in the morning. But then what we try to do, because she has a little bit of a commute, generally by the time she gets to work, the kids might be awake then. So she'll text me before she walks into work and just say, hey, can I say hi to the kids real quick? And she'll talk to them on FaceTime, tell them, you know, tell them that she loves them and those kinds of things. Similar for me, on Thursday mornings, I have a men's group at my church that I go to that starts at seven o'clock in the morning. I know I'm a crazy person. And so same thing, very common that I'm out the door before either of my kids are awake. And so I don't get to see them. But because my church is so close to my home, I usually will swing back by the house on my way to work to just stop in, drop off my guitar because I play music at the men's group. And then that's my opportunity to sort of spit. It may not be a full five minutes, but two or three minutes that I can spend with my kids that I can tell them that I love them. And I tell them that I hope they have a great day. And we talk to our caretaker about you know what what their plan is for the day and how excited they are about it and all of those kinds of things, um, right? And so I I make an effort to make that time um, so that I can do it. So even if your schedule is such that it's difficult for you to do that, think about are there other ways that you can try to make that happen, right? To to make the most of it. And your older kids may think this is dumb. You know, I still have young kids, so they're still excited to see me when I come home. They're still excited to see uh, my wife on the Facetime. You know, if you have older kids, they may not show that enthusiasm quite so rigorously, but, you know, I th- I think that they will appreciate it if you sort of take the time to go out of your way to, to make it meaningful for them. Um, and then those are sort of examples of missing the morning. Certainly, as somebody who works in the hospital, there are times when I'm working nights or I'm traveling to do different things. And in those moments, I'm always trying to call in and talk to kids before bedtime to tell them that I love them, talk to them about their day, 
tell me something that you're thankful for, you know, listing the people who love you. These are kind of the nighttime uh, rituals that we go through with our kids to try to help them have a meaningful time. Um, and so for all of that, um, you know, we just try to still maintain those routines and and protect those 15 minutes of the day as much as we can. So how do you as a dad, right? One of the things that we try to do with the podcast is be super practical. And you can't always control how your kids are going to be in those five minutes, those 15 minutes over the course of the day. We can affect how we are going to be in those 15 minutes. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about like, how do we make sure that we're ready for those 15 minutes? And the first one, just being real, especially first thing in the morning, if your kids wake up before you, number one, fake it if you have to. Put on a smile, say the things you would say if you were happy to be awake, even if you're not happy to be awake, right? They don't know that you were up late because there was a big mess at work that you had to clean up or you're trying to get the taxes ready or whatever other, you know, things you're trying to to make happen. You know, right now we're trying to get the house ready for for baby number three. Um, So sometimes after our kids are going to bed, we're trying to do things to get the house ready and make sure that everything is is on board. My kids do not care that I was up until midnight recording or working on something, right? Because they're happy to see me in the morning, right? They don't care if there was another round of layoffs at work yesterday and you just barely made the cut, right? They don't know that I had to tell a patient yesterday that they might have a brain tumor and like the weight that I'm having to carry from that. They don't know any of that stuff. And it's not fair for me to dump those things on them especially in those in those precious 15 minutes. It's not it's not about hiding or suppressing your emotions. I want to be very clear about that because we talk a lot about men's mental health on this podcast and I I am certainly against this idea that men need to like repress any sense of emotion that they have. You're certainly allowed to have emotions, but there is a an appropriate and an inappropriate way to express those emotions and generally speaking Dumping those emotions on your kids is probably the not, not the right way to do it. And in those moments, those first five minutes of the day, right when you get home from work and right before they go to bed, are almost certainly not the right time to do it. And so even if there's some of these stories that you do want to impart to your kids, dumping it on them in those moments, those transition parts of the day, are not the right way to go. So whatever it is that's going on, put it to the side, fake it if you have to. Number two, if you do get lucky and you're awake before your kids and you can take a few minutes to sort of collect yourself and really try to put yourself, you know, this is a good exercise for yourself to take 10 or 15 minutes to just try to put yourself in a better headspace anyway, then that'll make you more likely to be successful when you're sharing those 15 minutes with your kids. I talk a lot about this in episode 33, where we talk about prayer and mindfulness and those kinds of things. And I think it's really important that you take those few minutes before you get out of bed and then those few minutes right after you get home from your commute before you walk in the door to just sort of collect yourself, put aside the things of the day, whatever happened at work, or if you're in the morning, whatever you think is going to happen at work, put those things to the side, try to clear your mind, try to come to a place where you're ready to share some positive energy with your kids in those moments so that they can be set up for success, right? Or at least that you can meet them 
where they are. Again, they might be bringing you things to hold, right? That's that trauma-informed care idea of being an emotional container. So they may come home from school and they may need to just emotionally unload on you. And that doesn't have anything to do with you, even if it's sort of expressed as dissatisfaction or anger with you in particular. They just like have these feelings and they need somebody to hold them. And so that's what I call the emotional container. That's a trauma-informed care idea is that you don't need to do anything with them. You just, you put them in, put them in the box. It's the emotional container. You put it in there, then you can close it and you can put it away. So they may bring you something that they need you to hold, but it is not the time for you to bring them something. And so the more you take that mindful couple of minutes, either right before you get out of bed or right before you come in the door when you get home from work, the more likely you are to be successful in those 15 minutes. So that's how you should think about preparation for those 15 minutes. What do you need to do in those 15 minutes? The first one, the most important thing, and it goes back to what I was just talking about, is listening to them. Okay, so you can ask them some questions, but it should be try to be just to get some information from them. Ask them, what are their plans for the day? What did they do today? What are they thankful for that happened during that day? If you will just be quiet and listen, it is amazing the amount of information that will pour out of your children. We just interrupt too quickly. Um, And this is something that doctors can learn in particular because there's some statistic out there that makes the rounds every once in a while that the average doctor interrupts their patient within the first like 24 seconds or something of them telling a story. And if we would just be quiet for a little longer and let the patient express the concern that they're having, we would have a much more successful interaction with them. And I think the same thing holds true for parents and their kids. Like if you can just push pause on whatever response you're going to try to make and just listen and just take it in. And again, especially if it's sort of a high emotion thing that's being expressed or your kid, quote unquote, wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and they're sort of expressing a lot of frustration, you sort of take that in and you hold it and it's not about you. You just got to hold it and you got to put it to the side and you can move on, right? Uh, But the most important thing is to try to listen to the things that they're expressing and try to understand what's happening in their world. And that's a time that they might be most likely to open up to you and not sort of generic questions like, what'd you do today? But, you know, the more specific your questions can be and the more open-ended your questions can be using questions like that start with what and how are going to be more successful than sort of yes or no questions, those kinds of things. Second thing you can do during that time is develop a mindfulness habit with your kids. So first thing in the morning is a particularly good time to develop a mindfulness habit. Same thing in the evening. Certainly there are great examples out there if you're a person of faith of morning and evening prayers that you can share with your kids. So finding those and having one that you go back to or at least a template for a prayer or a a meditation that you want to do with your kids is something that you can do that will provide a lot of meaning. Starting your day with that expression of gratitude, being thankful for a new day to go out and learn and grow and be thankful for whatever might be coming that day. And then same thing at bedtime. We're grateful for the end of another day, all the things we got to do during that day, that we are surrounded by people who love us. And those are all really meaningful things that you can you can share. Number three, tell them that you love them and that you are happy to see them. This one really gets my kids in the morning, you know, and and then I didn't realize exactly how much it meant to them until my son started saying it back to me. And so I would wake up and I'd say, oh, good morning, buddy. How are you doing? And he'd go, good morning, daddy. I'm so happy to see you. 
And it just like really sort of struck me. And so now that's kind of a thing that we say to each other, both in the mornings and when I get home from work, like, hey, buddy, I missed you. I'm so happy to see you. And <laughs> my son, I can't imagine where he gets this from, but he's a he's a sensitive soul. He's got a lot of feelings. That definitely comes from me. And so this this is the kid who tells me that he's going to miss me when I'm like leaving to go to the grocery store. Like, I'm going to be gone for 20 minutes. It's all going to be okay. I know, dad, but I'm going to miss you. You know, so it's a really sweet thing. And so when I get back, he's like, thrilled to see me. I missed you. I'm so happy to see you. And so it's really meaningful to do those kinds of things as well. And if you're doing it sort of at the end of the day, you know, if there's something that happened during that day that sort of made you think of your kids in particular, you know, sharing that story with them can make them feel really valued that you weren't just gone all day, but there was something throughout the day that was special to you that reminded you of them. Those are all ways to sort of share with our kids how important they are to us. And finally, one thing to try to avoid, right? We've talked about all these like good things to do. Try as much as you can to avoid raising your voice or criticizing in those first five minutes, right, of the day or, or in these five minute windows across the day. Again, hopefully you're spending more than 15 minutes in the day with your kids. There are other opportunities where if there's an issue that needs to be addressed, that needs to be sort of hashed out among the family, you know, one of the things that my parents did that I anticipate we're going to do when my kids get older is sort of we call a family meeting. And like right now in this moment, maybe you're not prepared to handle it in a rational way. But this evening after dinner, we're all going to sit around the dinner table and we're going to talk about this issue that has come up and we're going to come to a resolution. Right. But not sort of having them wake up and start their day with some kind of criticism or some kind of raised voice if there's any way to avoid it. And I imagine most of the time there is, right? This is not to say that we should never say critical things of our children and we shouldn't encourage them to be better. And that sometimes we find ourselves raising our voice even if we don't mean to. But um, as much as we can, if we can protect that time, it's going to be particularly meaningful to help them sort of start off on the right foot and have positive interactions. And then we'll give us the time to be a little bit more measured in our approach when we need to have conversations about ways that our kids can improve their behaviors and just sort of prevent them from sort of starting the day on such a negative place. And so if you can greet your children pleasantly and sort of start from a place of, you know, still, I love you, even if some bad thing happened that we need to talk about or some bad choice was made that we need to talk about, we will get to that. But for now, you're my child and I love you very much. And we'll talk about that thing later when we've all had a little more time to think about it. And then we'll move from there. So those are my thoughts on the most important 15 minutes of your day, ways that you can prepare for it if you're not feeling like you're ready to invest in that time. And then what are the things that you should do and should not do during those 15 minutes? And so again, this is sort of a nice integration of the mindfulness piece that we talked about a few weeks ago and ways to like practically apply that to our relationship with our kids. And so I hope that this has been really meaningful for you. If there's a piece of this, if you have a story to tell about a particularly meaningful interaction, either that you've had with your own kids or maybe that you had while you were growing up, a way that your parents did this really well and set you up for success, or maybe they didn't do this very well and they had a habit of sort of waking you up by screaming at you or, or something like that, that really sort of started you off in a negative mind space and kind of set you off to a bad 
start. I, I would love to hear those stories and sort of find a way to integrate those into future episodes of the podcast and share those experiences with other parents so that we can all kind of move forward and become our best parenting selves. I'd love to have you share those with me. Again, my favorite social media platform to connect on is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. If you just search my name, Dr. Scott Grant, I'm pretty easy to find. Also, Instagram and Facebook at Docs to Dads Pod, sharing a lot of parenting education content there. So that's a really great place to to find me. And I will respond to any direct message that I get from you. So if that's another place, that's where you spend more of your time, feel free to send that over my way. Special thanks, as always, to Phil Raban, who is the producer and editor of this podcast and makes it happen for you guys each and every week. I could not do this without him. So I'm very grateful to him. Tune in again next week for another great episode. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, stronger communities. Thanks so much. The information included in this podcast and other Docs platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.